Monani Dumelang, good evening and welcome to episode 131 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandungwa Kumalo. It's a Tuesday edition of the Private Property Podcast and I am excited about our conversation this evening. If you are a freelancer, you run your own business, then this is certainly the episode that you do not want to miss out on. This evening, we're looking at self-employed and seeking a home loan. Well, here's everything you need to know. I know a lot of people are probably, you know, running their own businesses uh, or perhaps you've, you know, recently started running your own business and sort of trying out your uh, various entrepreneurial ambitions. And it may have been because of COVID or because you thought maybe this is actually the right time to try my hand at entrepreneurship. And of course, you want various ways to access that home loan. This is certainly the podcast that, uh, the episode that you certainly do not want to miss out. And I think to all the people who are freelancers, if anything, I think freelancers, you sometimes struggle to structure your life in a way that makes it easy for you to access a home loan. Well, we're going to be giving you the best tips in order for you to be able to access that home loan. And I certainly want to hear from you at home. If you're self-employed or a freelancer, uh, do share your experiences with accessing a home loan. Did you find that it was a difficult experience or was it something that was relatively pain-free? And do share with us how you went about doing so. We certainly love hearing from you. While you could be watching us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or of course our Facebook page, we do welcome you. Uh, We welcome the top fan gang, as they like calling themselves on Facebook. Facebook and of course our Instagram viewers who are always giving us and showing us quite a lot of love. We're going to urge the YouTube viewers to step up their game as well. We are of course still thinking about that great competition that we can run in order to reward the best social media platform that gives us the most love and certainly the biggest engagement. Now my guest this evening is somebody who uh, you know started talking to her offline had such a great conversation and I thought you know what we are going to have fun just speaking to everybody at home and that's of course uh, Yvonne Falloon who's a property finance specialist at Uber Home Loans. Good evening Yvonne, thank you so much for joining us. Evening and thank you for having me this evening. So Yvonne, I mean we've been chatting up a storm uh, you know, off air and I think I'm having such a great time. I was even just getting excited about some of the insights that we'll be able to share with viewers at home and I think one of the big reasons why I'm so excited to be speaking to Yvonne is because Uber Home Loans is, of course, one of the big, uh, you know, bond originators. We talk a lot about the importance of working with bond originators here on the Private Property Podcast on your home journey, whether you are a first-time home buyer or certainly a seasoned, uh, you know, investor who's been buying property for quite a while. I always use a bond originator, sometimes so directly with my banker. So it really is a great asset to be able to work with a bond originator. Before we even look at what you should be doing as somebody who's self-employed, perhaps Yvonne just take us through very quickly why it's so important to be working with bond originators. Because sometimes people at home think, maybe I should just only go to my bank and apply for that home loan um, You know, in the event where you're now ready to, to start shopping for your home. What are the benefits of working directly with uh, you know, bond originators when you are now ready to shop for that home. Right, thanks for the... So mortgage origination is a comparative service and that's the point of departure I'd like to start with. The fact that we are specialists 
in our arena. So we're able to partner with the home buyer from the very beginning of the journey and able to guide them in regard to what documentation and information we would need, be able to give them an estimate on what lending they're, they're eligible to get, an indication of repayments, all associated costs. So it gives them that capability with our qualified buyer certificates to start shopping for property. So often the bank direct journey would only commence once an offer is concluded. Uber's intent is to start that journey much earlier on with the home and give them a good sense of comfort whilst they're virtually shopping or visiting show houses. And then once they choose that dream home, this is where the key objective of origination kicks in, which is that comparative service. We understand all the lenders' criteria. We understand what each bank is looking at, what percentage of what income they're utilizing. And we are, as I like to think of it, the medical specialists of home loans. So we know how to put together an application that will result in a favorable outcome at as many lenders as possible and through the process, keeping the customer updated along each step of the way. And then most importantly, shop around for the best terms and conditions and the lowest rate. So as I said to you earlier, customers shop three to six months for a home and they look at multiple properties and therefore we urge them, do not settle for the only deal. You want to settle for the best deal. And you could only know that once you've tried on every bank and you've shopped them up against each other to see where we can get the best rate. So our primary objective, comparative, and you owe that to yourself. It's a 240-month investment. And, and I think, if anything, when you, when you just say 240 months, sometimes you don't realize that it's 20 years. It's longer than uh, so many relationships. And if anything, I, I always joke that my home loans currently are one of the longest relationships that I've had. And, and so you almost have a fundamental understanding of the commitment that goes into picking the right home loan with the right bank at the right interest rate, because it really is that long-term relationship. And you want to be making the right decisions um, at every step of the way from, you know, the purchase price, the bank you're going to choose, the interest rate that you're going to be um, paying, uh, as, well of as well, of course, as the property that you end up buying. Mm -hmm. So you really do want to minimize the kind of mistakes that you're going to be making along the way. Then Yvonne, mm -hmm. it does bring us to, you know, self-employed individuals, because I think we speak a lot, even here on the Private Property Podcast, around uh, people who are salaried and what they would typically require. And I think the path for salaried individuals uh, is relatively straightforward and doesn't have as we'll say many hurdles um, mm -hmm. or they don't perhaps have to have as many documentation that they uh, present perhaps take us through one of the important things that uh, financial institutions I'll say across the board look at when they assess somebody who's self-employed because I'm sure people at home are thinking might be a freelancer you're a model perhaps mm -hmm. you're a writer and of course, you also have a dream of owning your own uh, property, but you don't quite even have a sense of what exactly is it that financial institutions first and foremost actually look at before we get into the nitty-gritties and the do's and don'ts, mm -hmm. but what is the overarching thing that they essentially look at? So, and I get this often, I own the business, but I work for the business and I draw a salary. And I have to remind the home buyer that it's bigger than just what you draw from the business because the bank is going to look at the sustainability of that business to continue to pay you at that level for the lifetime of the home loan. So it's often a frustration that while I work and I'm on the payroll, I get a pay slip. 
that's fine. But the entity that is paying you or the sole proprietorship that is paying you, the bank is interested to see it, the liquidity of that entity. So how is the growth in the turnover gone year on year? Is the business getting better? Is it stagnating? Is it, um, is it just ticking over? What is the balance sheet like? I mean, you can't have excessive liabilities with very minimal assets. The business is then technically insolvent. So there, it's more than just a payslip when you arrive with your payslip. They don't really unpack the employer. They assume the employer is hot to trot. In a self-employed environment, it's a multi-layered application. So it's about the histology of the applicant. How well, how well has the business performed over time? And can it sustain to pay that applicant for the life of the home loan. So that is why it's a more detailed application with slightly more documentation than that of a salaried individual. And, and then, you know, Yvonne, let's then get into what would the requirements be? I think oftentimes we speak about the requirements when it comes to, uh, you know, salaried individuals. When somebody who's self-employed, you know, approaches Uber, what would be the kinds of documentation that they would need to present uh, when they're now essentially looking to get pre-qualified? Right. So most importantly, when you partner with Uber, we are here to assist the home buyer in every which way. As I explained to you, some of us even have templates to guide the home buyer. And most of us will engage with the accountants on your behalf, because I believe we speak the same language. So we journey with our home buyer. So we speak of two different types. There's your PTYCC, your entity home buyer, and then your sole proprietor, your freelancer. So let's start with the PTY or the CC. There is an expectation they would have annual financial statements. We would expect to see those for a minimum of 24 months in terms of data to go back in. We would want to see personal tax returns. You know, SARS wants their chunk of flesh. We've got to show what you're paying to him. Um, we would want the accountant to validate what income the, the applicant draws from the business and also if the business is paying any fringe benefits on behalf of the applicant, fuel, insurance, assurance, entertainment, that, that's a critical part of the application because we appreciate a lot of businessmen will utilize their business for those kind of um, expenses. We look at the business turnover in the bank statements and in the personal statements, and we also like to see a personal balance sheet. And that should be fairly easy to obtain with the accountant. When we speak to our models, our film crew, our actors, um, those applicant types, um, we then say, right, the, re the reality is you may not do financial statements. It's not a legal requirement in this country. So we'll then swing the pendulum slightly and say income statements. What was your income? What did it cost you to make that? What is the money left over? What do you tell the tax man? And of what it cost you to make that, what are some of your personal expenses that the business absorbed? Fuel, insurance, assurance, um, entertainment, et cetera. And then we would validate the contents of that again with an accountant's letter, as well as a tax return, personal balance sheet, and an, in all instances, a completed application form. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, viewers at home are already as they're listening, thinking, oh my God, this seems like it's so much, uh, especially if you're not somebody who is on top of your admin. I mean, I always share with viewers at home, Yvonne, how I'm not particularly great at admin. And I think one of the things about whether you're running, when you're running your own business or you're self-employed and certainly looking into, you know, getting your foot in the property ladder is you have to have your admin um, pretty much on lock because there's quite a lot that's going to be required of you. And I think even as you are, 
um, readying yourself for the application itself. It's so important for you uh, to have all the right documentation ready as you've even been talking to us through uh, what are some of the requirements. Um, and I actually then want to look at it. It's something that we, we you know, briefly spoke about um, off air. You know, this yes. idea that one of the benefits with working with um, bond originators is you have a very intimate understanding of the narrative that credit managers essentially look for when they look at an application. Uh, so even the way that you present it and how you essentially present it to mm. the various banks would differ just slightly because you know how each um, financial institution would essentially you know want the application and what is fundamentally important to them i think when you're then working with um, you know people who are self-employed what for you becomes important in building that narrative because i'm sure uh you're now thinking have some of your documentation is ready maybe you haven't you you still trying to get a sense of an accountant who can work with you to just mm. make sure that everything is ready and um going to be able to you know submit to yourselves but what then becomes the narrative for the self-employed um, individuals so i think it's vital to understand the business as the applicant and then for the uber consultant to also understand the business and understand what the turnover is what the cost to operate is what is the access to funds that the home buyer has in order to service a home loan and look at what expenses the business is paying and what is not having to pay himself because we also want to take into account the serviceability of the consumer over a 240 month period so if we see the business is year on year increasing and there's a capability to increase the lending we may even make a suggestion to the home buyer when we present to the bank you're currently only drawing 30,000 Mr home buyer but I see your profit post taxation is fairly high causing you quite a high tax bill what if you up that to 50 it could result in a higher home loan um, so I think it's a it's an understanding of the customer their business and their capability for what they're drawing from the business to service the home loan long term and be wise we don't want home buyers to be milking their business and taking all their money out to service a home loan because that's not sustainable long term for the business so it's to find a good balance between what he can service and what he can take out the business and hold you know looking at the documents and engaging with his accountants we are, of course, taking your questions and comments at home. If you're self-employed, uh, perhaps run your own business or you're a freelancer, do share uh, your experiences with us if you've been able to access a home loan. How was that experience like? Was the journey smooth or were there quite a number of hurdles along the way that uh, made it just that much harder for you to access that home loan? We are, of course, also going to be taking your questions and comments after the break. I see uh, we've got some from Facebook and YouTube uh, as well, and I'm going to be asking them certainly to Yvonne. And after the break, I also want us to explore mistakes that self-employed um, individuals typically make. Because I always say that one of the great things about you know, the Private Property Podcast is how we're able to learn from each other's mistakes and how just by finding out what other people's mistakes are, it certainly prevents you from making some of those mistakes, whether it's mistakes that are costing you time or even costing you money. And of course, we always want to make sure that we have more rands in our pockets. We're certainly mm -hmm. going to be exploring those. We're gonna go for a quick break and we'll be back just after this.
Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantunga Kumalo. This evening, we're exploring a topic that I'm sure so many of us have an interest in, especially if you're a freelancer or you're self-employed. Well, we're certainly exploring, uh, you know, what, everything that you need to know as a self-employed person when it comes to accessing that home loan. And I'm joined, of course, by Yvonne Filion, who's a property finance specialist at Uber Home Loans. And we want to find out the different trips, tricks that we can certainly use in order for us to get that home loan and make it, uh, I think, a, a pleasurable experience. I know that one of the things about applying for a home loan is you're filling in a million around forms. If you're mm-hmm. like me, I hate filling in forms. I wish they could just automatically know all the details and the form will just magically fill itself <laughs> in. Um, and more often than not, the moment you're acquiring more and more properties and you're trying to leverage off some of the properties, you have to do your income statement, you have to do your balance sheet and present it to, you know, the whether it's to Uber or certainly to the, your, you know, to your banker. I hate that process altogether, but it is part of, you know, the process of acquiring property and certainly growing your property portfolio. We are, of course, taking your questions and comments at home, whether you're watching us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. We want to hear from you. If you're a freelancer or self-employed, I certainly want to hear what your experience has been with accessing a home loan and what have been some of the nuggets that you've picked up that you'd also like to share with our viewers at home. I see here on uh, YouTube, one of our YouTube um, viewers, uh, Jemana Sanders, saying uh, this is an interesting topic. And he wants to find out how can I build business credit fast as a startup business. And I think Yvonne, this speaks to you know some some people, some self-employed people who want to then build, of course, credit for the business in order for you know the business to show that they it's able to pay um, credit, so that by the time you're applying for that home loan um, under the business, you or can already demonstrate that the the business had a has a good credit history. What are the best sort of practices would you like to share uh, when you want to do that? So in terms of the credit score for the business, we must never forget that the human is the person behind the business. So the business remains just the vehicle. So all that the actual requirement from the entity as such is to remain credit worthy. So if it has any higher purchase for vehicles for the business or any business credit cards, those are ways in which to build the score and also to maintain paying those timelessly on the due date for the amounts that are due. And obviously, we want to prevent over-indebtedness. So you don't want to have monthly installments equating to your turnover on your business. But we must appreciate when you buy in an entity and this that the, it will never escape the driver of the vehicle. So I like to think of the entity as the vehicle and the director as the driver. He's also going to be credit worthy. He's also got to have his license. He's also got to have an income. He can't just behind, hide behind his Rolls Royce. I mean, look, unless, of course, you're, 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 you're driving a Tesla, in that case, I think you can probably hide behind it. Uh, there, Yvonne. We've got a question this time around from Facebook coming in from one of our top fans, who asks, for the self-employed, should the business be officially registered or you can equally check how much money is coming into their personal account? So that's where we come into our sole proprietor freelance applicant type, where they invoice in their personal capacity. So there is where personal bookkeeping becomes critical. So my advice to that applicant type is keep a paper trail. So keep a monthly schedule 
of your invoices out, cross-check your invoices received versus your bank payments. So when it comes to your annual tax return, because the likelihood is you're either doing turnover tax or provisional tax, most unlikely, but if you were, otherwise you're doing just an annual normal Joseph tax return. You then have a full schedule of this is what I invoiced in the month. This is what it cost me to invoice and your bank statement will speak the same narrative. And when we do the home loan, we convert that month on month to an annual view. Yeah, we've got a question here and, and I'm going to ask because I think it's one of those that probably um, has a bit of a few misconceptions and it says, uh, it's coming from Unkolisi Nkleche um, who asks, let's say I purchase a property for rental. Is it possible for a bank to pay for the property on your behalf and hold all the documents until the business has generated money for itself to pay? No, so bear in mind that the bank will hold the title deed as security. But in terms of the National Credit Act, the applicant whom is the owner until the title deed is passed has got to be eligible and prove the ability to service that loan. Um, in regard to that question, there is a bank that Uber is contracted to called Sentinel Homes. It's a, a local yeah, Cape Town office where they almost do that similar kind of transaction. However, you're never going to get away from the Credit Act. That person who concludes that offer to purchase has to be eligible for the loan. The bank's not going to buy it and sit out 20 until your business finds its feet. Um, they, they won't be able to do that. Mm. Uh, and, and another one, I see the questions are coming in. And I did say that this is going to be one of those episodes that if you're an entrepreneur or you're self-employed or certainly a sole proprietor, you want to make sure that you do not miss. And we've got the right person. I mean, when else are you going to get a property finance specialist who deals with this on a day-to-day -day basis? And this question is coming also from our one of our Facebook viewers, uh, Umashudu Munenem Mbamara, who asks, just want to find out if the personal credit history of the sole director is negative would the business still be considered credit worthy i'm so stressed unfortunately not because again this is director you are the vehicle of the pty and remember you stand surely you're the human who's signing the legal documents so the bank has to ensure not only is the entity whom gives you the income is that you as the person are also credit worthy because you're ultimately the one who's got to tick their debit order every month. So my advice to you is nothing is ever dire. Reach out to an Uber consultant, let's do the credit check and let's go on a journey to get you um, repaired. Nothing's mm -hmm. dire, nothing's forever. There's ways mm -hmm. to get your credit record. And there certainly are, Yvonne, and I think that probably, you know, is a great segue to uh, what I wanted us to discuss around mistakes that uh, a lot of people who are self-employed typically do tend to make when it comes to accessing, especially that first home loan or even the second or third. Perhaps share with us some mistakes that you've picked up that people typically make uh, when it comes to their home loan application, particularly, of course, uh, people who are self-employed or sole proprietors. So the, the utmost foremost one is this blurred line between um, I, and we, let's talk a PTY as an example, that you live out the business bank account. So effectively, you don't see a clear transaction business to personal every month. The customer takes his PTY card and swaps it at pick and pay and, and you know, um, goes out for dinner and swaps a credit card, which are all taxable allowed elements, entertainment, et cetera. But then you look at the personal account and they maybe put 5,000 Rand a month for debit orders. You must remember the bank's going to look to that account for you to service the loan. So it's going to be a very clear defined line between what I get paid from the business and is it moving? Another critical element is 
the keeping your books up to date. I find a lot of customers tend to leave their books quite late and then there's a massive scramble when they want to buy a home. Be uh, you know, you know, financial year end is February, you know, SARS opens the doors in July get the wheels in motion. Um, another issue, and we had an example of that, is that the, the home buyer behind the entity seems to believe they're, they, they're hidden from the entity so they can drop that Edgar's account and they can skip a payment to us and think, well, my business is really strong financially with a good balance sheet, so I don't really need to be um, credit worthy. We've covered that. Unfortunately, you do. So important to keep a good track. And every bureau in South Africa gives your consumer one free check a year. Use it. On a one, go and do your check, see how it's going. Um, yeah, and then I think those we've covered the most issues in regard to what we find the, the home buyers, the own businesses are neglecting a little bit that they work harder, being a little bit more vigilant at. Mm-hmm. We've got a question here from uh, YouTube, and this one is coming from Ohosi Etsile Dube, who says, Great conversation indeed. Thank you very much, uh, Hossi. And uh, they say this is Hossi, and I'd like to know what is the minimum required amount needed from the business checking to your financial statements? Please make examples if possible. So essentially, you know, what kind of numbers must a business be making for somebody to be even hopeful that they'll be able to access that home loan? Because I think we know businesses perform differently in the mm-hmm. same way individuals earn, you know, different amounts. So just to give a a relative sense of how we should be performing in our respective businesses in order for us to even think, okay, a home loan is actually possible. So this will come down to what is your dream home? Are you shopping in the 500,000 range, which is gonna cost you three and a half thousand rand a month. So you maybe only need to earn 10. And depending on your business model, um, I don't know what you, you would, your business maybe needs to only turn over 300 a year. Um, if you only, you know, Taking 120,000 rand drawings, or if you're um, looking at that Camps Bay mansion and you're needing a 5 million rand home loan, all of a sudden now you want to, you've got a bond installment of 35 and you now need to earn 100, I would imagine your business needs to be turning over 300 a month, which is three times 12, you know, oh gosh, four, three, 3.6 million per annum. So that question is specific to where is your purchase point? Where do you need to buy? And then we work our way back. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's actually, look, one of the the things about working backwards is you get the shock of your life. Uh, And I've done this exercise where you look at, uh, you know, how much money, if you wanted to retire by X age, let's say you wanted to retire at 35, how much money would you actually need in order to be able to retire at 35? That would essentially last you when you find out what those figures are, it's so overwhelming. Mm. You realize why retirement is only possible at 65, you know, sort of realistically. Uh, but I, I do urge people to, to do that, you know, working backwards as much as possible because it really does give you perspective. Because I think sometimes we're so focused on working the other way around. So kind of working from where here, but rather look at this is the big picture. How do I then break it down and get to the actual first building block that's needed. Um, we've got another top fan here. Uh, of course, one of the ring leaders, Usemi Masata, saying we need to look after our credit score as it is a vehicle to success as the government doesn't fund people who want to buy property for business purposes. Hey, Even though government can fund, um, it will be a very special case. And, and this is after Mgatego had actually asked, Mgatego um, Hape saying, guys, does this mean uh, an invoice book is a must-have? 
I think we're all kind of coming to sense, Yvonne, with the reality of the admin. So would you say that an invoice book is a must have? I know, um, Excel. I mean, you can have a Word document with two columns. You can have Excel, you know, you don't have to have. I think where we're going with this is the diligence of documenting what you invoice customers, did you receive it, and would it tie back into the bank statement, which, I mean, is you should do that anyway because you want to make sure your clients are paying you, you know. Mm -hmm. So you can use any format. You can use a black book, you buy it, pick and pay. <laughs> and I think one of the big good things is, if, if you're simply running, you know, your own business, you want to get into putting in systems in place where things are nicely automated. So even your invoices, you're automating your invoice, you know that they're all available electronically. Um, so by the time you have to do your, your taxes or you have to check whether it's at the end of a, whether it's a 30, 60, 90 day payment cycle to make sure that you've been paid, all these things are, you know, electronic. So I think certainly do get into the habit of using electronic tools that help mm. you systemize your business. There are quite a good few of them. Some of them have nice packages, uh, you know, for small businesses. Some have free versions when you're starting off where you're not sending out as many invoices. So I think do invest in those things. Um, so just do a little bit of your homework. The nice thing mm -hmm. is some of them are free, which is always fantastic for you to kind of try out and suss out if it's something that you are um, happy with. Back on our face, on our YouTube, rather, I see uh, Josecila Dube saying these are great questions, guys. I love you for asking these questions. I'm also loving them. I, I think one of the great things is us asking the various questions as a community is also helping other people. Because sometimes you're not thinking of a question you know, quickly enough. So it's always great when we're able to ask all these great questions um, and learn from each other. Uh, Jemima Sanders saying, um, must the salary you draw also be enough to qualify for the asset you are attempting to acquire through the entity? Because one would want to keep that amount low uh, for SARS purposes. I yes. love this Love yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you want, you want to keep your salary low and pay little tax and borrow taxpayers' money. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's what I always say. Look, it, it's it's a double-edged sword because I'm also, I, a lot of home buyers will utilize their business, as we said earlier, for fuel, insurance, assurance, entertainment, and what that does is because they don't have to pay for that with their personal bank account off as a company expense so part of my application process is to um, identify to the bank that whilst Yvonne's taxable salary is only 50 she may have fringe benefits to the value of 10 which are allowed within the SARS handbook and present that to the bank to be able to show therefore she has maybe got serviceability to service a home loan because she's not paying those additional costs so you also can't arrive with a 3,000 rand taxable salary and you want to service a 30 thousand rand bond you know and go well it's all fringe benefits you know the banks but uh, there is definitely leeway there it's not yeah. a black and white question that one yeah yeah and, and i think the, the i mean the big one is you i think people are trying to find very creative ways of paying as little tax as possible legal ways of paying you know as little tax as possible and you want to almost balance it out with giving yourself a relatively low salary so that you're not <laughs> tax too much because obviously company tax you would have been taxed there so now you're also paying yourself you know a salary so you're also trying to minimize that tax as much as possible so it, it really is a, a balancing act that you want to be able to strike and also just understanding as you're saying that you're not going to want a you know a bond payment that's thirty thousand a month when you're drawing a salary of three thousand rands it's it's 
very likely just not going to, uh, to happen. Yvonne, before I let you go, um, you know, any final tips for viewers at home who are self-employed and are now, you know, thinking about accessing a home loan? Perhaps they previously thought this is an impossible thing for me to get. I'm just going to have to uh, come to terms with the fact that I'm going to be renting for a very long period of time, or I'd probably need to like work a full-time job in order to access that home loan. Any final tips that you'd like to share uh, with our viewers at home? So I think that first and foremost, you need to partner with a comparative service like Uber Home Loans from, the, from when that first thought of buying a home comes in. So you can have a sit-down conversation with preparing yourself for that journey, preparing your documentation, looking at where the finances are and saying, where I'm at now is only going to get me to 500. I need to get to 900. What is my goal? And take a step back and travel a journey to get the numbers correctly to that point. Be vigilant about your credit worthiness. Make sure that you're paying those accounts on time for the right amount. Um, and then just a, a pearl of wisdom I thought I'd share with you is when you're a business owner, you're always sitting with excess money. Um, chat to your accountant where to go with that. But we all know in terms of a home loan, they amortize. So the more money you put in, the less interest you pay. The, the, the shorter the term becomes and never be afraid to utilize your home loan as a savings vehicle um, for you. And that's a great note to leave it on. Yvonne, thank you so much for joining thank us you. this evening. Thanks for having me, guys. And that is uh, Yvonne Falloon, who's a property finance specialist at Uber Home Loans. I see some of the love that we're still getting. Sammy Masata saying the ringleader on Facebook is back. <laughs> Welcome back, Sammy. We're glad to uh, see that you are back. And of course, a lot of you showing us love on Facebook, uh, as well as on various social media platforms, Instagram, as well as YouTube. Um, I see Jano saying this on YouTube saying, can we please, please, please uh, have this one again? We're going to pick this one up. I think I'm going to, you know, call Yvonne back. And I already said to her, you know, I feel as though I spoke life into this because I actually said to her before we went on that, I already know I'm going to have to ask her to come back on because this is such a big topic. There's so many different elements to, uh, yes. you know, to explore and for various people at home to be able to better understand it because we can look at it as accessing your first home. How do you then build a property business when you're you know looking to run it of course as a pty ltd what are some ways to make sure that you're not overly geared and of course make sure that you you know present your case financially uh well when you're dealing with your uh, bond originator but also of course to the various financial institutions so i do promise we're going to invite him on back uh, i'm sure she's certainly enjoyed having a conversation with us uh so i'm already making that promise we're going to have her back we're certainly going to be exploring various ways that as um you know uh, newcomers, uh, as entrepreneurs, as self-employed people, you can access home loans. I see Jose Taylor Dube also saying we need this again, please. I promise it's already out there. We're certainly going to have it again. Uh, do watch out on our social media platforms for when we're going to be picking up this conversation again. Well, folks, that's it from me, Zamantung Wakumalo, and the team here on the Private Property Podcast. It certainly has been a pleasure uh, to be with you this evening. We're, of course, back again tomorrow evening. It is an absolute Wednesday, so that's certainly something to look forward to uh, tomorrow evening. And as usual, hoping you're staying home, staying safe, and staying hydrated. We'll see you tomorrow evening.
Hi, I'm Brandon Ribbing. I'm an entrepreneur from Durban. The suburbs of Berea and Morningside are built on a natural ridge that overlooks the home of the Sharks, the Moses Mabita Stadium, uh, Durban Country Club. It's just got an incredible outlook elevated over the city. Living in Morningside makes so much sense to us because everything is so central. Anything that we choose to do is a couple of kilometers away or a couple of hundred meters away. Restaurants, coffee shops, it's all here on our doorstep. You know, we've got uh, great schools here. Uh, the girls' schools just close by are Maristella and Durban Girls College. And then fantastic boys' schools, uh, Durban Preparatory High School, DPHS, one of the top primary schools in the country, and then Clifton, which now goes all the way to high school. It's so convenient to be in this area where everything is close by. Some of our closest friends stay just across the Amgheni River in Durban North. Durban North is very family orientated with some great schools, some excellent restaurants and some small commercial centres. The promenade along Durban's beachfront, also known as the Golden Mile, got an incredible facelift for the 2010 World Cup and today is used by all of Durban's population. We as a family love the Durban beachfront. If we're not in the water, you'll find us on our bicycles along the promenade. Being a World Paddleboard Champion, I've travelled to some of the most amazing beaches around the world, but nothing comes close to what we have here in Durban. Durban has great weather and great conditions all year round for surfing and for training and just being in the ocean. And that's why it's known as the warmest place to be. We've lived here our whole lives and there's no place we'd rather be. And this is our neighbourhood.